Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I'll offer my picks and preview of each and every day of the 2023 Wimbledon. Now, you'll notice there was no podcast on this feed yesterday. Why was that the case? Well, simply put, the majority of day three matches at Wimbledon, they were carryovers from day number two due to the rain that disrupted so much of Tuesday's play. As such, given there were only a few second round matches played on Wednesday, our crack Rackets team is also on the grounds this week in Bloomfield Hills at the Bloomfield Hills Challenger. And by the way, if you've missed any of our coverage of that event, you can catch up on it all over on our mini break podcast feed as well as our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. But simply put, given how few new matches there were on Wednesday, given the fact we are a bit busy here at Crack Rackets, I didn't hate getting an extra hour of sleep last night. We decided to forego a day three preview. Nevertheless, as we have a wave of new matches approaching us on Thursday, it felt appropriate to bring that brat back, excuse me, to bring back, that's how you say that sentence in English, to bring back this segment in preview of day number four as I look up and down the board. Oh, it is going to be an exciting Thursday on the grounds at Wimbledon. Countless second-round matches scheduled throughout the day. You do have a few first-round finishes yet to finish, but all that guarantees is a jam-packed calendar of action. And, of course, on today's show, what I want to do, as I try to do each and every time we record this segment, is help all of you fans prepare for tomorrow's day number four at Wimbledon. I want to talk about the must-see matches on the calendar. I believe we have 26 women's matches, 25 men's matches. I'll double-check those numbers by the end of the show, but I know it's north of 40 singles matches overall on the day. And look, again, let's value that. While we have it, my dear friend Kale Hammond tweeted out the picture of Morgan Freeman looking at the sonar Bruce Wayne creates for him at the end of the Dark Knight when he's trying to track down the Joker and prevent the Joker from blowing up the two cruise ships. Anyways, we don't have to relitigate the plot of The Dark Knight, and sorry for the spoiler alert there, but it's a photo of Morgan Freeman looking at about a 1,000 screens. I love that photo because that really is what you'd need to follow all the action early on in a Grand Slam, but then before you know it, it'll be the round of 16. It'll be the quarterfinals, and you'll say, hey, where did all of the tennis go? So again, what I want to do for all of you tennis fans on this show is make your life a little easier heading into day four. What are the must-see matches that you should clear the schedule for? That if you are having a building, excuse me, a two, three-hour block of time for yourself, God willing, hopefully all of you will be able to do so throughout the day. But even if it's just an hour, whatever it may be, however much time you're able to build in your schedule to watch Wimbledon tomorrow. These are the matches you should prioritize accordingly. I want to run you through. And this was purely coincidental as I went through this exercise separately in each draw, but I have seven must-see matches 
in both the women's and men's draws tomorrow. I want to talk you through why each of them are must-see. I want to offer my thoughts on each of the matchups. Maybe we'll get into predictions for each of these must-see affairs as well. I do also have two formal Ace of the Day picks for all of you. And truth be told, we still have a lot of unfinished action. I think we're 1-1-1 one, one, and one on our day one aces, or day two, excuse me, aces of the day, the outstanding match being the Linda Noskova Delma Golfi match. She wins, it's a winning day. She loses, it's a losing day. So that first round battle will be our swing match tomorrow for day two's ace of the day picks. I have two more aces to throw at you all today. But more broadly, again, what I want to pivot this show into doing is, again, previewing the must-see matches for all of you tennis fans so that, again, you can prioritize and schedule your tennis viewing tomorrow accordingly. With that said, let's get into day number four at this 2023 Wimbledon. Again, so many spectacular matches on the calendar And by the way, I do have the official numbers for you. 24 women's singles matches on the schedule tomorrow. 25 men's singles matches on the schedule tomorrow as well. So sorry, it's not 50. It's 49 total singles matches. Hopefully all of us tennis fans will find a way to make do with that one match deficit. I mean... Up and down the board. Let's start in the women's singles draw. The number one must-see match that I would clear the schedule for tomorrow. It's not, you know, the household names, I suppose. Although, do we ever focus on the household names? It's not a Sviantec match. It's not a Rabakina match. It's not a Sabalenka match. My go-to match tomorrow in our women's singles draw... 12th-seeded Veronica Kudermatova taking on Marketa Vondrusova. Now, you start on the Kudermatova side of things, 7-1 in grass court play this year. She reaches the final in Denbosch. She has to withdraw from the quarterfinals in Berlin, but beats Arena Sabalenka there before being forced to withdraw from that quarterfinal. Has gotten wins this clay court season over Sabalenka, Jung Chin Wen, uh, Ali Risk, who's had a track record of grass court success, and she lost 7-6 in the third, by the way, to Alexandrova in that Den Bosch final. She gets a straight set win 6-4 and four over Kanepi in round number one of this event. Look, Kudermatova's been a top 12 player for 18 months now, and while many people, will, I, I don't think, would consider her, I think the majority of us would not consider her a tier one player, not, you know, a long way to go before she reaches that Sabalenka, Rabakina, and of course, most pressingly, Iga Sviantek, tier of tier one. But you do this for 18 months. At a certain point, you just have to realize it's not a fluke. And for a Veronica Kudermatova, who has been a top 10 server now for really two and a half years consecutively, someone who has made as many quarterfinals over the last 18 months as anyone out there on tour, someone who's 25 and 14 overall in her career on grass courts. Again, reached a final in Den Bosch this year, has reached semifinals there a couple of times in the past as well. Now, the furthest she's ever gone at Wimbledon uh, is is this year where she matches her high second round, which she also reached in 2019. But let's be clear, she wasn't allowed to play Wimbledon last season and coming off of a semifinal in Den Bosch, a quarterfinal in Berlin, wins over Samsonova, Bencic, and Sabalenka during that stretch, I do think Kudermatova would have been a top 10 contender entering last year's Wimbledon had she been able to play. She's able to play it this year. And again, 7-1 and overall in grass courts speak for itself. If she's able to get a win tomorrow over Marketa Vondrosova, you know, Kvitova looked shaky earlier today against Paulini. Again, the top three is very definitive, but are you that sure? 
Kvitova, Ostapenko are the clear-cut four, five top contenders, uh, numbers four and five top contenders in the women's singles draw right now. I don't know how definitive I feel about anything on these grass courts ever, but I certainly feel the peak level of Veronica Kudermatova with her ability to dictate with her serve, with her first strike on both the forehand and backhand wing. She's gotten stronger. She's fit. She moves well on this surface. I like the potential of Veronica Kudermatova at this uh, event, but the problem is she faces, you know, again, one of the hottest rising players in all of this season in current world number 42, but of course, 2019 French Open finalist and 24-year-old Marketa Vondrosova. Vondrosova is 25-10 here this season, 33-12 and 12 in her last 52 weeks. And just, you know, listen to who the losses are to this year. Sabalenka and Adelaide, three sets Linda Fruvertova, three sets Anastasia Potapova, straight sets Pliskova, three sets Mukova, straight sets Kirstea, but in Miami, three sets Lynette Madrid, straight sets Rabakina Rome, straight sets Kasatkina, who was the nine-seed Roland Garros, straight sets Sakari Berlin. She has only lost two elite players this season. And and again, I know Serana Kirstea, not an elite player, but in Miami, Serana Kirstea certainly was an elite player. This is, she's back. Like the lefty who can just, is, is as skilled as anyone we have right now in the women's game, whether it's drop shots, whether it's short angles, whether it's down the lines, whether it's elevated topspin, whether it's beating you to the spot, whether it's comfort hitting the swinging volley. She just makes you so uncomfortable at every moment. And she will just, you know, she's well suited to get that ball out of Kudermatova's strike zone. Now, if Kudermatova advances comfortably and, you know, keeps her head down and just hits through all of the creativity and off-speed Michigas Vondrusova throws her way, perhaps it is time to put Kudermatova in that top five contender conversation. If Vondrusova wins, I mean, I'm already on the she's back bandwagon, but now you get a signature win, a signature feather in the cap in the way that, you know, again, a Rome round of 32 win over Sakari isn't going to do a Indian Wells round of 32 win over in Anjabur. Both wins, by the way, she has earned this season. Obviously, the big one, she beat Jabur in Australia to start the year. You know, again, you get a win over Jabur in Australia to start the year. You get a win now over Kudermatova and Wimbledon halfway or, you know, however, 60% into the year. It'll just be that much easier to collectively accept that, nope, Vondrosova is back. She has that top 25 sort of talent, that ability to match up against anyone because of how skilled she is. I think this is your most significant match of the day. It's why it's the one I wanted to spend the most time on. Kudermatova, Vondrosova. I would lean Kudermatova just given, again, her strengths, first serve, first strike, are best amplified on this surface. I think it goes three. I'll lean Kudermatova, but that's a great match. And Again, I want to rapid-fire through the rest here on the women's side. I'm going to keep these Ace of the Day podcasts quicker for all of you as, again, quick previews before you get to your tennis viewing. Krejcikova and Driva. It's the same argument for Krejcikova as Kudermatova. She, you know, obviously, again, has this successful start uh, to this grass court season as Krejcikova goes to Birmingham, reaches the final, first grass court final of her career. She's knocked out by Ostapenko in that final Thought it was a good win for her, two and five in round number one over Heather Watson. But look, she's facing a rising star. 
in the 16-year-old, Mira Andreva, who by winning her first-round match should be in the top 100 after this Wimbledon. And boy, are we all going to circle the 16-year-old Russian as a player capable of a massive, massive hard-court summer because she just has real weapons. And, you know, again, now she's earned four victories here, comes through qualifying, gets a three-set win over Wang Shiyu. I'm just not writing Andreva being... I'm not writing her off in any match because she's in that fantastic phase where as fans we get to project, we get to imagine and ascribe onto her these incredible potential things. And it's all in the spirit of fun right now. It's all just, again, because all we've seen Andreva do all year long. Again, what are her last three losses? Sabalenka, Rakimova, Goff. She's been killing it all season long. And again, she's still 16. So it's not like she's going to play that full schedule week in, week out because she's not able to do it quite yet. But man, what we have seen of Andreva has been special. She's just pretty good at everything already, as is Krejcikova. So that's a fun match. Bozhkova, Kontave. I think Kontave wins. She's an underdog. To, uh, by the way, I think Krejcikova wins against Andreva. I think Kontave knocks out Bozhkova. I think that match goes the distance. Obviously, again, no one moves on this surface better than Marie Bozhkova. But Kontave's got the power advantage. And Kontave's playing with the freedom of knowing this is the last event. This is the one I get to leave it all out there and just go down swinging. I think Kontave advances another round. I think Caroline Garcia should beat Layla Fernandez tomorrow. She has the two biggest weapons on the court. I mean, a Layla win. I just, like, we've seen Layla make a Grand Slam final. So, again, a big stage, a big moment for her to reannounce herself back to the WTA world. Aline Garcia, but again, Fernandez takes the ball really well on the rise, and if Garcia's not serving well, Fernandez has weapons to make Garcia's one speed, attack, 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 lifestyle a little bit difficult. Benchich Collins, who freaking knows? They're both really good. Vekic should beat Sloan Stevens. That's a fun one. And then the battle of physicality. Mertens, Svitolina. It's a really fun second-round match. Again, those are my seven must-see women's matches on the day. Now, shout-out for the nerds. Diane Perry, Petra Martic. You like a lot of one-handed backhand play. Martic is going to be hitting a lot of slice. Perry straight up has a one-hander. Her serve, her forehand, her willingness to move forward. There's a world of for success, a pathway to a successful, you know, four, five second weeks at Wimbledon in her career. I think the game style really does match that well. Kennen, Wang Xinyu. How does Kennen follow up after knocking off Coco Goff? Let's find out. And then Cornet beat Iga last year at Wimbledon. Can she beat Rabakana this year? It's a whole, it's a completely different matchup, completely different game style. Rabakana did drop a set in round number one. I don't anticipate she will do so in round number two. So those are your must-see women's matches on the day. Again, Kudur Matova Vondrosova, number one, Krechikova Andreva, Bozhkova Kanteve, Garcia Fernandez, Benchich Collins, Vekic Stevens, Merton Svitolina. Those are seven of the 20, what did I say, 24 matches on the women's side that, in my opinion, must see television. On the men's side, I have another seven to suggest to all of you Crack Rackets listeners tuning in now. Do I even need to make the argument for number one? Goes without saying, Dimitrov Ivashka, Garon Fuchevich. No, of course it's Murray Tsitsipas. I mean, Andy Murray's favored, according to uh, t- both Tennis Abstract and our friends at DraftKings. He won. Obviously, he's a two-time Wimbledon champion. 
He won 10 straight matches on grass court, albeit at the challenger level earlier this season. He dominated Ryan Penniston in round number one on day two, dropped, what, five, six games total in the match. On the other side, you have a Stefano Tsitsipas who just feels like he has limped through every match he's played, even if he has forced a deciding setter. You know, obviously, in the case of round number one, won his matches, his serve, his forehand. I actually think they've looked pretty dominant on this surface, but the backhand return, it's just been a mess. Again, traditionally, the big servers, you know, I've watched Andy Murray beat Milos Raonic on this surface. Stefano Tsitsipas is not Milos Raonic on grass courts. Now, Andy Murray is not 2016 Andy Murray on grass courts either. But if you're asking me of the two which way I lean, I would continue to lean the way of Stefano, uh, excuse me, of Sir Andrew Murray. I think it goes four, probably mm, Murray and four. It's just, again, he can play real tennis on the surface in a way so many others cannot. So I will take Andy Murray to advance and keep his Wimbledon dream alive. I mean, after that, a lot of Americans playing in some really fun matches on the day. I mentioned Fritz Emer as a joke. How about Tommy Paul Milos Ranich? That one's money. Um, Francis Tiafo Dom Stricker. I think that one's really good. Uh, Sasha Bublik, J.J. Wolf. These are three really fun matches. Uh, and now for Tommy Paul again, can he go shot for shot with Milos Reynich? Can he match the first strike? That'll be the question for all of us to find out. Can Milos sustain the first serve? Can he, again, sustain the three out of five set physicality it will require against a guy in Tommy Paul who's top 20, top 15, top 10 sort of athlete right now in men's tennis and has the sort of weapons to put Rayonich under some pressure, has the backhand to absorb some of Rayonich's inside-out pace. It's going to be a really good match. I lean Tommy in four, but again, Milos' serve, it's going to keep him alive in every match that he plays, so that's a stay away for me. Medvedev Manorino, we've seen it before. This is the matchup. Medvedev struggles so frequently, and maybe if he can win this one, it just gets the confidence going, and then we can all unequivocally take a deep breath and say, yes, Daniil Medvedev is a top-five contender at this Wimbledon. I think he is. I named him as such, so I'm going to lean him in that match, but again, where has Adrian Manorino had the most success on his career? It's not hard courts. It's not clay courts. It's grass courts, folks. Give me Daniil Medvedev to advance. After that, Francisco Sarundolo, Lachetchka, delightful. The lefty Dom Stricker, such a shot maker against the electric Francis Tiafo. Must see TV. Sasha Bublik, JJ Wolf. You like big hitting? That's the one for you. Rublev Karatsev, I think that one's just really good shot making as well. About again, two guys who know each other well. Always tricky for them to go head to head. If you can catch a glimpse of the aforementioned Dimitrov Ivashka, Geron Fucevic, Fritz Emer, maybe even Echeverry Wawrinka, but yeah, I would say those are the go-to matches. Those are my favorites on the men's side and I think it's going to be a really good day of play, hopefully not disrupted by rain uh, on Thursday. That said, to end the show, two quick aces of the day for you. I'll take Lorenzo Musetti, minus six and a half games over Haomi Munar. If you've listened to our Crack Rackets podcast, you know I'm a believer in Musetti, who, yes, got his first ATP grass court wins this season, uh, but he's looked like an athlete on these grass courts. And I continue to say, I think he's the most underrated player in the top 20 right now. We just don't talk about, but we don't contextualize the success he's had at this age 
because there are three peers, Alcaraz, Runa, Sinner, who are all his age, who have all taken it another step further. But Lorenzo Musetti's the real deal. I don't know how Munar hurts him on this surface, even though Munar's coming off of the win over John Isner. I just think Musetti's better at everything than Munar on this surface. So I'll take Musetti. Minus six and a half games means he really needs to win in straight sets. And if he wins one lopsided set, like a 6-2, we are golden from there. I think he's going to do that. Give me Musetti. Minus six and a half games over Munar. Minus 110. Half a unit to win .45. And then little money line parlay. There is no world where Nadia Podoroska should be beating uh should be beating Victoria Azarenka tomorrow. Podoroska 6-6 six six in her career on grass courts. Yes, she beat Martin Sova 6-4 in the third. But Azarenka is a different caliber than, uh, than excuse me, Teresa Martin Sova. And, yeah, I just, I'll take Podoroska over Martin Sova. No question about it. Uh, Podoroska, excuse me, to get knocked out by Azarenka. Look, Azarenka is a significant favorite. She's minus, what, 425 tomorrow over uh, Podoroska. So that is not a hot take. What is perhaps slightly hotter is who I'm par— I don't even think this is slightly hotter. Who I'm parlaying her with in a guy in Ben Shelton, who I am well aware. He's played fewer than 10 grass court matches in his career. He has not had the most successful run, certainly by via results, since the Australian Open. But what did you expect? This is a 20-year-old kid, dare I say— in his first year on the job, adjusting. And now that he has his dad back in his coaching circle, now that he's on a surface that just so perfectly accentuates and accelerates, emphasize his serve, his aggression, his eagerness to move forward. Now it also hurts him on the return of serve, but he's taking on a guy in Laszlo Yura who his forehand is about as well-equipped for that. That's just his forehand so much better than my forehand will ever be. But his forehand is not a grass court forehand. That big, you know, backswing, that... That uh, exaggerated, that's the word I'm looking for, Western grip that's so closed and he needs a little bit more time to open up that face and you just will not have that time. Ben's serve into that forehand is going to be miserable for Laszlo to deal with. Are you going to have to sweat that one out? There is no doubt about it because Laszlo's backhand is well-suited to deal with the heaviness of that Shelton slice out wide in a way many opponents won't be. But just give me the aggression of Shelton on this surface in this moment his creativity, his ability to just captivate and get a crowd on his side. I think Shelton wins tomorrow. So I'll take an Azarenka Shelton Moneyline parlay. That's minus 129 when you parlay them together. We're going to put half a unit on that to win 0.39 in return. That, my friends, is ace of the day number two, and those are your two aces of the day. Again, straightforward. Musetti, minus six and a half games over Moonar, half a unit to win 0.45 at minus 110 odds, and then Azarenka Shelton, money line parlay, minus 129, half a unit to win 0.39. Those are your aces of the day. That is my preview of day number four at Wimbledon. Now, of course, we will be back tomorrow to preview day number five, give you another wave of picks, talk about the matches you should all be locked in on as well. In the meantime, if you're looking for more content, recaps over on the Cracked Interviews, uh, excuse me, on the Mini Break podcast feed. If you're looking for content from our time at Bloomfield Hills, Cracked Interviews podcast feed, our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel are the places for you. We've talked with guys like Dennis Kudla, Dennis Sandgren, Stevie Johnson, Lexi Galarno, all of our favorites, all the guys competing 
in Bloomfield Hills. If you want to hear from them again, head on over to our Cracked Interviews podcast feed. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who's busy right now. So I'm not going to swear he has a heck of a job to do as always. A shout out to him. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends, uh, across the board and for everyone here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.